0: Continue talking about the big picture here, and that's Ryan Payne is with us, president of Payne Capital Management and host of the Pain Points of Wealth podcast. Good to see you. So, how Thanks, are you Nicole. feeling? Are you feeling optimistic at this point now? I mean, are we maybe out of the doldrums and the lows?
1: Well, I mean, I'm definitely optimistic. You know me, Nicole, I'm, I'm always veering toward the optimistic. You know, there's not a lot of rich pessimists out there, I like to say. But you know, bottom line is, look, yeah, I think expectations going to this earnings season were just so negative, right? And now we're seeing 9% of S&P 500 companies have announced earnings, and they beat expectations. Uh, we're looking at three quarters of companies so far. Now, it's still very early in earnings season, but it's a pretty good start. And what you're starting to see is companies have navigated the inflation issues relatively well. And, of course, that's extremely bullish because what's been weighing on the economy and the stock market is high inflation, and the feds uh i guess attempts here to to rein it in right with tightening policy uh that we're basically in the midst of right, right now
0: and that's part of the story too here as the ecb right we're waiting on thursday to hear from the ecb it'll be interesting if the european central bank announces the monetary policy decision and christine lagarde maybe maybe it'll raise the key interest rate um you know the 50 basis points who knows? Maybe they may go a little rogue and a little more aggressive, right? Because, I mean, we've seen Europe struggling.
1: Yeah. And they, I mean, they have bigger issues, right? Because what happens with natural gas and you know, whether this Nord Stream pipeline gets turned back on or not with you know Russia obviously hovering over them in their energy crisis. So it's a little bit more of a dicey situation than we have here in the U.S. But I always say that Europe tends to follow suit with what the U.S. is doing. And we've got more aggressive with our monetary policy So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a half percent increase and that could be very good for their currency because we know right now, I mean, the dollar has just been rocking versus every other currency. So they could use a little reprieve there across the pond.
0: Okay. So that being said now, at this point, what's the strategy to make some money? Because, you know, people were betting on financials for a while, they weren't performing. Now they're doing very well. People were betting on tech for a while, it wasn't performing, but it's having its best month since October. So what are you thinking
1: here? Well, you're seeing every sector up today. Um, and I think it's like, what do you want to win, the battle or the war? I think if you want to win the battle, you know, everything looks a little oversold to me. I mean, even tech, which I called a very long time ago, you know, I called it was overvalued. Um, and we saw a huge repricing there. I mean, valuations there are actually getting you know, relatively attractive here. So I wouldn't be surprised if you have more of a bounce there. But I think the bigger picture is, you know, still that value play that I talk about a lot on your show. You mentioned financials, I think is a long-term play. I mean, they're still dirt cheap. You know, Citigroup came out with better than expected earnings last week. The stock is up 13%. It still trades for like, you know, half price to book. Um, meanwhile, you're getting yeah. a four percent yield, right? I mean, if you just look at the yields that you're getting are so attractive right now. So I think value is still gonna be the place to be over the next five to ten years, because I think you know, the inflation story is we're going to have higher inflation than we had the last decade, and we're going to have tighter monetary policy. And that's not great for tech, as we know historically. Whereas last decade was all about loose monetary policy and low inflation. So I do think in the short term here, you don't have to be as discerning, but longer term, again, it's going to be value over growth um, if you look at valuations and you just look at the overall fundamental environment that we're in.
0: Right. And with um, inflation still uncomfortably high, as you described it, um, you are still confident in the consumer. Um, And we're seeing certainly, I mean, staples are always a go-to because people need everything. I was just having a conversation about Cal Maine eggs, for example, and how well they've done this year. Um, There are the basics, right?
1: Yeah. And that's the other, you know, if you look at the consumer, which is a great point. I mean, every strategist has been very down on the consumer. I have not. We've talked about this in my podcast a lot, Pain Points of Wealth, maybe the greatest financial podcast in the country, but I digress. But yeah, if you look at um, the American household right now, I mean, still, again, we have wages going up. Yes, they've dipped into savings, but they still have more money today sitting in cash on the sidelines than they did before the pandemic. And I'm hard pressed to see this labor shortage go away. I mean, we have a shrinking labor force Right now, you look at the Jolts report last month, we had 11.2 million jobs with only 5.9 million people that could fill those jobs. You know, the stat we hear every day is you've got for every two jobs, only one person's looking. So I don't think you're going to see any softening in the job market, which means wages are going to stay high, which is great for the consumer. And even with inflation as high as it is, retail sales came in better than expected last Mm -hmm. week uh, for the month of June, which was a huge surprise which just says that the consumer, even with these higher prices, is very, very resilient. And furthermore, we're starting to see signs inflation may be coming down, right? We've seen oil prices are down, commodity prices in general, like wheat, copper are down. Um, we're seeing the 10-year treasury you know, dipped under 3% last week as inflation hit that 9% number on the CPI. So I think you're seeing signs inflation comes down, along with still a strong strong labor market, which means wages stay up, like that's actually a pretty good situation to be in if we start looking out over the next six to twelve months, which makes me actually, you know, very, very optimistic on the US economy, unlike many other people on Wall Street.
0: Right. So at this point too, we're in the midst of earnings season, and you said we may find things aren't as bad as we anticipated and that this may be a good time for investors to find some footing in the markets. I mean, you don't suggest people sit around in cash, do you? I mean, I had one guest who said he was 50% in cash.
1: Yeah, that's like a curse word to me. Um, cash is trash, let's face it. You know, you're earning the best money market in the country, getting 1%, and you gotta pay taxes on that. Inflation's at nine. Right,
0: right.
1: Look, you gotta get a return on your money. It's more critical than ever. Even though we've had a market that's been very volatile this year, if you look at stocks, you look at dividends this year. They're going to go up. You know, early, there's going to be growth in dividends this year. Okay. Historic dividends grow over inflation. It's one of the best inflation hedges you can possibly have. You've got to get your money allocated bonds. Same thing. You're getting the best yields we've had in a decade. You know, if I have clients in a higher tax bracket right now, you're getting three percent on a tax-free high-rated bond. That's like getting four and a half five percent if you're in a high tax bracket right now. So plenty of places to put your money to get a real return and cash flow is extremely rich. The only place not rich is sitting in cash. It's not pretty. Okay. Don't keep your money in cash. Well, let
0: me ask you this. We're out of time, but I, I feel like I just want to ask because everybody owns these. Fang, um, you know, Netflix is out after the bell, Tesla, Twitter, Bitcoin. You know, A lot of these high flyers that have done really well and people get excited about owning them. What say you?
1: I think, look, you could get a great bounce here, uh, but there's still no viable use for cryptocurrencies. Any of you mentioned a stock like Twitter, they're still relatively overvalued, even Netflix, I and mean, they still trade at very high valuations. So yeah, maybe get a bounce here, but longer term, it's probably dead money. That's what happened when the NASDAQ bubble burst back in 2000. You had a big rally in a lot of those dot-com stocks, and then they had another plunge. So I think the same thing here. I'd stay away from those high valuation stocks. And don't touch crypto with the 10-foot pole um, unless you like gambling. They don't even oh. give you free drinks when you're gambling in crypto. So go to the casino. All right. Better.
0: All right. Ryan Payne, possibly the best podcast on the market, you said, right? Uh, you have your I pain points you. of wealth. Apart. You say, I'm quoting you, Ryan Payne. <laughs> Ryan Payne, president of Payne Capital Management. Nice to see you. Thanks for being on with us.